We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you... Robocop. Let the woman go, you are under arrest. You, you better back up, pal! Your move, creep. You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. Anything you say may be used against you. He's a cyborg, you idiot. He recorded every word you said. You're dead. We killed you. His memory's admissible as evidence. We're gonna have to kill it. Robocop, the future of law enforcement. Hey everybody, welcome to you to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're taking a look at the 1987 sci-fi cult classic Robocop, a film that Ryan and I had seen before, but Devin had not. Um... Yeah, we're just going to dive right into this. So, <laughs> so Ryan, what was what is your history with RoboCop? When was the first okay. time you saw it? So, there were a handful of like R-rated films that my dad had me watch uh, when b- between the ages of like five and like seven, and this was one of them. So, this was like my introduction to like eighties gory action films. Uh- um, uh, when so like between five and seven would have been like between 1990 and like 1993 so I saw this pretty early um, and I after watching it my dad went out uh, and I got myself a Robocop action figure um, I got the the Ed like 207 or whatever it's like number is I so I got the Robocop and that thing and I had them fight you know, being a young kid, but, uh, and then Robocop two, huge fan three is a fever dream that I've only seen a handful we'll, of times. We'll get into the, yeah, then. yeah, we'll, we'll get into those, but Robocop has always been a staple of like growing up for me and just like just running into fellow geeks and being, and just, you know, talking about Robocop because it's fun. Yeah. It's a fun movie. So, okay. So for me, I didn't see Robocop until after I saw Robocop two. <laughs> RoboCop 2 was on at my cousin's house once. So we they were watching it, so I ended up watching it with them. I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing." Yeah. And then I went on a like deep dive of everything RoboCop. <laughs> so I went back, watched RoboCop 1, rewatched RoboCop 2, started watching 3, and I was like, "Yeah, not so much." Yeah. But I was in high school when all this went down, so I was a bit older than you were. Yeah. Um but I, I just love the sense of humor and the action. And it wasn't mm-hmm. one of those things that I watched on TBS. It was one of those, like, I think we were watching it on HBO. So I got all of that the first Good. time. Yeah. I think. I know when I rewatched them, it was on HBO. So I got the full thing. It, yeah. The first, very first time it may have been on like TBS Superstation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So I've been with, with RoboCop for the last over a decade yeah. Devin, being that this was your first time watching RoboCop, what did you think? Oh my god, guys, I hated it. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I wanted to like this for you guys so much because I know how much it means to you guys. But like, there were times I was getting... Okay, so 
I started the movie. I'm, I'm not going to break it down scene by scene, but I started the movie, and it starts in a way that intrigued me and that really gripped me and that I really liked. And then the second he became RoboCop, I went, nope, I don't care at all about this movie. This is dumb. I'm sorry. Okay. So, okay. So I know that we'll go through the beginning and ask you about what you liked and everything, but I just want to know, were there any points after he was a robot that you were like okay with or that you found interesting, like him walking through his old home? I will watch him having that dream every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, him just... walking through the home wasn't the dream. <laughs> like, I mean, not even that part. Just him, like, shaking like a weirdo. Like, I will watch that every day. Like, okay. that is my favorite thing. Him walking through his old home was cool. I think him rediscovering the plot, the thread of him rediscovering humanity yeah. was cool. And him stopped turning into less of a robot. And the more you saw that the more his like helmet came off and yeah. the more exposed he became as a person. I really appreciate that a lot. But I think, like, I don't know, there's so much that I was just like, okay, that's what they're going for? Okay. No? Nope. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Devin, if you had to classify this movie in a genre, what would you put it under? Starship Troopers, the genre. So, like, I'm sci-fi <laughs> camp. Sci-fi camp? Okay. okay. Sci-fi camp. It's nice that you brought up Starship Troopers because it's the same director. <laughs> is it really? Yes, it Paul, is. Paul Verhoeven. Because I was getting a start, like some of the parts of it, I was getting really a Starship Troopers vibe, especially with the news things where they would be like, remember, we care. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's like right from Starship. So IMDb has this classified as an action crime sci-fi thriller. Yeah. Which is fair. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to add one in there and that's satire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Heavily. Okay, so that's actually what I was wrestling with the whole time. I'm like, is this satire of a cop movie, or is this just them telling a serious story? I don't know if it's satire of a cop story. I think it's satire of corporations. It's satire of the whole, like, economic push that was being pushed in the 80s, which we're living in right now, which Dick, the vice president, the one that blows up the other guy, um, he even says in a speech about, like, we go after industries that were typically nonprofit, hospitals, military, police force, basically, like, civil servant-like type jobs. And, yeah, to me, like, as an adult, getting past the action and, like, the sci-fi thing, this is one giant, like, satire of, of modern society, more so now than it was back in the 80s. Yeah. That's why I like it even more now as an adult than I did when I was a kid. Does that change your opinion on anything that you saw? I didn't. uh, Admittedly, I didn't. Okay, so part of it, yes, and part of it, no. So part of it, definitely, because the the parts that were corporate satire were the parts that I liked the most. Like, the part where he was RoboCop and doing his RoboCop thing and the clangy music would happen in the background and here comes RoboCop. Those are the parts I didn't like. But the parts where we were talking about corporate America and that kind of stuff and like the commercials and like setting the tone for the world, I actually really enjoyed. Okay. I I really think a lot of the RoboCop stuff is also like satire, satirizing the hyper militarization of the police. Oh, yeah. Did you pick up on that at all, Devin? No, I'm trying to think of like how it would have made that point. 
Okay. Just, just the fact that, that he has like yeah. this super powerful gun and yeah, like the, mm-hmm. like the whole point is the titanium Kevlar armor. OCP is trying to like bring in these tanks to replace the police, which isn't yeah. necessary. So it's like instead of them having a pistol and a baton on their waist, they they have a giant. What is it called? An Ed? Yeah. 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 It's those Ed things. Which is hysterical at the end. They show one stuck in a pothole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my guys. <laughs> guys. And the thing's growling oh. like a dog. It was great. And the thing was... Oh. I'm going to have to watch it. If I watch it again, I'm going to watch it again under the guise of this is a police satire. Not police... Because I, yeah. I took it when I first watched it. I was like, this is satirizing a police drama. This is all of the beats of a police drama... This is exactly like he went rogue at the end. He killed the bad guy, welcomed back on the police force. Like the this old, is, they, they, they don't the really show him getting welcomed back to the police force, though, because they end it right no. after. Yeah, they like the, the second. O- the yeah. only cliche it doesn't have is him throwing down his badge to his chief like, yeah. because he and can. walking out of the <laughs> office. Um, no, He'd be and, taking no, off his breastplate. No, and I think I think that is a fair point. Like, it is that at the same time. It's There's a lot going on here in this movie. And I'm going to recommend that even if you don't want to go back and rewatch one, yeah. I definitely recommend watching two because it's been a while since I've seen RoboCop 2, but what it what it does, it's a different director, but mm. it, satir- it satirizes the... War on drugs. Heavily. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's directed by Irvin Kirshner, who directed Empire Strikes Back. Okay. He's the king of the sequel. Like, RoboCop yeah. 2 is one of the best sequels I've ever seen. It's it's a it, They have a little bit of fun with RoboCop. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Weller. Peter Weller is just fantastic as RoboCop. Okay. One thing I need to add about him. Yes. Besides being RoboCop, what else do you guys know him for? Um, because I have something specific nothing. that I don't think you guys are going to hit on. I know, Devin, you should know him from Twenty Four. He played <clears throat> Jack he Bowers. He played Jack Bowers' dad in like season oh, six. Okay, which told yeah. which that totally makes sense, knowing what that show's about. The fact that RoboCop is playing Jack Bowers' dad. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you going to say Buckaroo Banzai? No. Okay. It has nothing to do with being in a movie. <laughs> okay. Um, there were a string of art documentaries that he did where he walked around uh, museums talking about European uh, 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 medieval and classic era painters and their background. And he wore a trench wow. coat. <laughs> he wore it. <laughs> it's just him walking around museums in Europe talking about like different artists. I saw uh, I saw one of them when I was taking a art history class in college, and I was like, "Oh, it's RoboCop. This is interesting." And it was just him speaking matter of factly in that voice of his, and all I could see was the helmet on his face. You know, because just I know him as RoboCop. It was because that's how you are. Yeah, I mean, it was the best thing ever. I'm surprised you, I'm they surprised probably made reckon, it so much better. I'm surprised you don't recognize him from Star Trek Into Darkness. He is Who no, no, no. He, he, he is in that. He's the like he, admiral he, that calls the, the he, meeting. He's the bad guy who's not Khan. Yeah, to a point. Because Ben yeah. Cumberbatch is the bad guy who is Khan, but he they said he wasn't Khan, but he was Khan. 
you need I to just, you need to seriously get that. off the whole thing that they said he wasn't con and then yeah. he was and just watch the movie and don't care about that because do you want to know who doesn't care about that me another thing that i know peter weller from is okay. he's the voice of bruce wayne and batman in the animated dark knight returns cool and he That's does a neat. really good job that's good um okay i could see him being a good batman so Devin, did you recognize any other actors from other things in this yeah red foreman was in it <laughs> every time i see red foreman i'm so happy did you know red foreman's the one who makes him robocop like shoots him to no i death? i didn't even know he was in the movie and honestly he was aside from like the political like world building stuff he was my favorite part of the movie i really liked him okay the, it, again, like this is something that whenever I see him, I think of this role. So whenever they have him playing, you know, like a different character, all I can see him is, all I can see is that scene where where you know, Murphy's getting shot to high hell, and he's just sitting there like that. It's yeah, <laughs> like he is one of my favorite villains. He he puts a boot in RoboCop's ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Good. I, like I, that. I just saw him show up on an episode of Star Trek Voyager because we're watching Voyager now. Yeah. Was he just so. the same character? Pretty much. Yeah. He's just like, I'm going to erase the timeline and fix it for my people. And it, it mm-hmm. was it was a good episode, but it's two hours that lead to nothing because they're just like, you know what? We're going to reset the timeline. I'm like, but that's what you do in those type of situations. I, yeah, I know. It was just like. Okay, so here, I'll fully admit something. That's that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of like I know that you really like time stuff. Yeah. In, but that's one of the but that specific reason is 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 I one of the reasons why I'm like eh, on it because that's how easy it is to fix. I don't the have situation. a problem with it. Like the whole thing of that that episode was it was a whole year of these characters going through hell. Yeah. And then they just mm. lose it all. Like it was for like the whole year was erased. Whatever. Yeah. We're not talking about Star Trek Voyager. We're talking about <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting concept. I think I would enjoy watching that. So, Devin, what did you think of the gore in this movie? And were you expecting I was, it? No. I was so surprised at the gore in this movie, especially when they shot his hand entirely off. I went, oh, all right. Or wait, wait, no. The first one was when the Ed thing shot the guy in the room, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was the first. Yeah. I was like, whoa, they're... I, I didn't ex- like. I didn't see the rating. I didn't know it was an R. So like, I was genuinely shocked by all of the gore. That's also a sentence spoken by many teenage mother uh, mothers of teenagers who took their kids to see Birds of Prey. Like, I didn't know this was rated R. <laughs> oh like, no! Like the oh. five that went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it's one of those things where you like. I feel like this is the perfect movie to watch on HBO or on VHS because it's you lose so much if you don't have the gore. I, I, I feel like this is a good movie for VHS. I know you're, you're looking at me, but <laughs> no, 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 because I own it on DVD and they didn't clean it up at all. What? Why? Still. Why? Because it's a Remastered. late eighties movie and it doesn't need to be cleaned up. It's good grainy. Like this is one of those movies that is good grainy, like on VHS, except the DVD isn't cleaned up. So it's is the it, same quality. Is it still four by three or is it in widescreen? I always buy widescreen. Okay. I don't do the box anything but widescreen. But mm. if it's not made to be shot in widescreen, I get it the way it was made to be shown. 
Because yeah. I'm a stickler about that. Smart. <laughs> um. So, was there anything gore-wise that surprised you besides the hand being shot off? I'm trying to think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Friggin' zombified henchman guy. <laughs> I literally, I had to stop and like rewind that part and rewatch that part because I just like, I, I like saw the the radioactive gore or the radioactive thing. I saw the van hit it, and then I like looked away for half a second and he was just down the street <laughs> and i was like what did i miss? he got washed out the back nothing. i saw that i even saw him get washed out the back but I like did, it took i had to rewatch it to understand that's what happened to that guy i did the same thing i rewound it just to be like because I, I had that moment of wait what just happened and yeah, yeah. I, I just didn't expect it yeah it it's great <laughs> I just he, argue, he drives his van into a giant vat of toxic waste at a steel mill. What else do you think was going to happen to him? I mean, <laughs> that character gets the worst treatment of any character in this movie. Arguably, even worse than already dead RoboCop. To be perfect, to be honest, he shouldn't have lived past that motorcycle accident because if you actually slow no, that down, have. his head, his head and shoulders hits the windshield of the car, and his body spins off to the side like he should be dead and in two pieces <laughs> even the uh something from that gas station exploding should have hit him like that was such a huge right. explosion oh i know but that's a hallmark of the 80s having those huge explosions with like no collateral damage to anything else on the street yeah just like those you know, cars the one thing up. i will give it though is that gas station explosion was impressive because RoboCop was in it, or at least very, very close to it, and it looked like that wasn't like edited in later. That looked like somebody was standing there for it. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Likely like, enough, though, the part, character like, was armored, so I mean, at least the person who was standing there, he had to wear like a lot of padding. So at least there was that. Yeah, <clears throat> it was a cool shot with like him in the flames. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I. That always blows me away when I see it, too. No pun intended. (laughs) Uh, Well done. Ryan, are there any moments in here that stick out to you that you want to talk about? Because I know this is like, this is the movie you made us watch. Yeah, the this film, Murphy Dine, always stands out in my mind. Always. Because it's, it's one thing to like, show somebody getting blown apart like they did in the meeting mm-hmm. where he just has like the blood pockets just spilling out of his coat but if you know how these movies are made like it's like oh i be watching you watch a uh arnold schwarzenegger movie from the 80s and you get the same thing the blood pockets spill out and like you've you know any movie you see that what's different about that scene is murphy screaming and them show in and them having the actor emote the emotions and the terror and the pain of being shot like that. Now, granted, it's not realistic because he would have been stopped screaming after like the second shotgun blast to the chest, but he was wearing that body armor. So I think that makes right. it a bit more realistic. Yeah. But that scene, because of the emotion that's in it and like the fact that they had the, the, the murderers, enjoying it and laughing throughout the entire thing that part just stands out in my mind as like of all of the horrible things i've seen in movies that is the one scene that sticks with me that's like like 
they really did that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it doesn't, I think it helps too, that you get to know this character a little bit, you know, beforehand. Like, yeah. Yeah. You get to hear about his family and mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. playing with the gun. Cause his son likes it from the TV show. Yeah. And then when he's in the hospital, being worked on and you just see those flashes of his family it mm-hmm. it helps you connect with him more so they do a good job of making him human before he's a robocop so you yeah. can identify with him and feel for that character because otherwise it's you don't have if you don't have that connection you lose a lot later on in the film yeah mm-hmm. it's it's what Devin originally thought the movie was a movie about a cop who gets turned into a robot if you don't have that family <laughs> connection yeah right well i mean so i didn't expect him to die Actually, I expected him to get like, (laughs) oh, did I go away? No, you're here. You're good. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't expect him to die. I expected him to get really, really, really hurt. Like I expected everything up until when they shot him in the head. And then once they shot him in the head, I expected them to go, well, I guess we'll just, or before they shot him in the head, I expected him to just like take him away and be like, well, I guess he'll keep living. And that's how he became RoboCop. I didn't know he would actually die. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I I think it's a little bit that he actually dies. I also think part of it is he, he dies to the point where they're able to say he's dead and just pass it off as a death, even though he's alive still. Because OCP kind of like hides the fact that it's Murphy. His family doesn't know. Mm-hmm. I think they explore that more in two. Well, they also say right right before the board meeting or right after um, that the guy that runs the security department mm-hmm. for uh, for it he says to the president that they have selected candidates. Uh, and they move them around so in 90 days they should have somebody because they knew what the death rate was for Detroit police officers. So they took mm-hmm. a bunch of inexperienced cops and put them in really bad departments and just waited for one to die. And that was Murphy. See, I never picked up on that. No, that's Bastards. way deeper than I gave this movie credit for. I like so, that. yeah, no, I mean, like, <laughs> when it comes... it. And Devin, this is why I really think that you should re 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 rewatch it at least once, looking for uh-huh. this stuff, because it's prevalent throughout the entire film, not just about corporations, but about society in general. The fact that everybody finds the whole "I'd buy that for a dollar" so funny, because it's the only thing that ever that people are shown watching. Because I mean, it's really stupid stuff to be laughing at, but at the same time, yeah. the writer, the director. They took that as like people watching Love Boat or the A Team, and that's how they felt about it. Uh, but the whole corporation thing, like you've got the president. After that guy gets shot up, he just looks up at Dick and goes, "I am so disappointed." Like doesn't care that somebody just got shot to death during uh, um, in the board meeting that there was a disaster on that scale he was upset because he was going to be out on 50 million dollars worth of interest payments yeah like it's to that scale when it comes to the whole business thing and then they mention the whole thing about you know taking over the civil service type stuff um they go through to moving people around uh so so that somebody would die so that they could try something uh, and they have that all spread out the entire film. Like it, it's I mean, this movie is one giant 
one giant like mirror onto 80s economic uh like theory yeah <laughs> and and to be honest we're living in it right now i mean in that that mentality you talked about where they're kind of flipping about all that even starts off in the beginning like the one part that i was going to comment on but then like they kind of normalized it in the movie was at the very beginning when they were showing that fake news clip yeah. And the news was like, oh, and this hot, you know, this uh, policeman is fighting for his life after being shot. Good luck. And they were like just real happy about it. I was like, whoa, tone. But like and, that's what they were going for. And that's what they were going for to uh, to lessen it so people didn't take it as seriously as what it is. And it could be argued that there are some news networks that do that today. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely are. Yeah, and and even. And even when you look at like what they're talking about in those news clips, like they're talking about South African white government buys a neutron bomb to use as a last line of defense against rebels. And it's like, well, that sounds a lot like you take away the neutron bomb thing. That sounds a lot like what happened in Syria. Yeah. yeah. And then like and they go through other stuff and like the whole Jarvis uh, heart thing where they talk about there's payment plans and different companies that make hearts and everything. And you're like, well, that's for profit. And then he says at the very last second, because we care. And he says it like, so like shitty with that, like shit eating grin. Like, yeah, exactly. not like I care. Like I have to say this cause you know, we care. Yeah. So while well, they're, they're hawking, uh, Yamaha heart. Exactly. Like it's like, right. Uh, yeah. Um, Athletic heart. (laughs) (laughs) So I love that part of it. And you guys are right. That part is so fascinating. and so interesting. I just, I don't know why I can't get over some of the parts of this movie guys. Like, well, I mean, but part of it, what, what else can't you get over? I can't get over. Okay. And this, this is going to seem horribly nitpicky. So like, hold on. (laughs) I can't get over, uh, the way that he moves. I understand he's a robot. He looks like a robot. But, like, he, he, I don't know. I mean, maybe they were going for an uncanny valley thing where they're like, well, robots don't really walk like humans. So you have to walk as least like a human as possible. But, like, he's just like, darn, Like, the whole time he walks, and I'm like, tone it down a bit. Like, make, like, just a notch. Like, and I'd like that more. I, so feel, you- I feel like part of that was a choice by Peter Weller. I think the other part of that is the suit itself. Something's something's going on upstairs. You are no, I was looking at the camera. I was looking at him. Yeah, he was he was looking at me. Yeah. This is the only time I've ever heard anybody complain about Robocop's movement. Like even people who I know who don't like Robocop don't complain about his movement. Because to me, like you've got okay, Devin, it's 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 1987. Yeah. They are trying to show the first in humanoid type robot walk and move around so in this society they don't have like will smith and like the irobot things all running around like human sprinters like right this is right. like i was like what the hell does the fresh prince of bel-air have to do with this <laughs> this is oh literally God. robocop is little is this is like the first time that they've tried to make something like this outside of a lab to work 
supposedly, because mm. they don't give you any other clue as to what their like advancement in tech is, except for that Ed thing that walks into the boardroom. And that's yeah. basically like a normal, you know, two-legged robot. But this is mm. an actual humanoid type body. And if it's the first one of his kind, he's going to have very staticky movements because even at the waist, he like he turns at the waist, not the hip. Uh, yeah, yeah. At the waist and not the hip. Like 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 he moves his chest and then he moves his hips to walk in that direction. It's this, very robotic. This is how he moves. He's moving like if somebody who's never played a first person shooter is handed an Xbox controller and like here you're in control of this guy. Go shoot some aliens. That's how he moves. Yeah, that's exactly right. But that's as, exactly right. But as the movie goes, his movements get more fluid. Yeah. At the very beginning, when he's walking through the uh, police station and he gets to his chair, and like the first couple times he goes out, he's very static. But I yeah. would say that when uh, when he's done walking around his old house and he punches the screen that's when uh-huh. his movements become more fluid because he's starting to get his like old you self back because yeah. he's going from programming to thought so he gets more fluid and in robocop 2 his movements are a lot more fluid yeah they are oh yeah it's like uh, um it's kind of like watching short circuit and then short circuit 2 in Short Circuit 1, Johnny, Johnny five, 5 is alive. Johnny 5, is, his voice is very, it's very robotic. It's slow. It, he sounds like a little kid just learning how to talk for the first time. Mm-hmm. In Short Circuit 2, which my wife can't watch, he's talking really fast. Why can't she watch that movie? Because he, because he talks too fast. She's old. Oh. My wife has always has only ever seen the first one and she didn't uh-huh. i mean it's like she knew there was a second one but i grew up on the second one same here so i showed her the second one and it was like the first five minutes of him on screen she told me to turn it off because she couldn't keep up because she was like this isn't johnny five you know the the, the problem with short circuit nowadays is growing up watching it i didn't know fisher stevens was white <laughs> now that i know that and he's playing he, Devin, have you ever seen short, short circuit I have, but so long ago that, like, I'm not sure what I know what you mean. There, there's an Indian character in there, played by a white guy, uh-huh. like oh. full on brown face. Oh no! Was yeah. that makeup though? Oh. Yeah. You know what? I was still oh. watching anyway. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> it's like it if it's like if they cast Hank Azaria and had him do a poo the whole time. Yeah. Only more offensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No, because it, they do some very like like uh stereotypical like indian male like negative yeah. stereotype type stuff with him <laughs> oh, even in no. the first one they do that and it's real <laughs> all right so i've got i've got another question for you devin okay since you hadn't seen this movie before did you know robocop from anything pop culture wise outside of the films i mean so i i owned probably that same robocop action figure that ryan had growing up I okay. know I had that because um, I think my dad was super into this movie. Uh, and then I, oh, he pops up everywhere. Like he did a stint on, he was on family guy in a cutaway that I saw. Um, I yeah, think so, he shows up on the Simpsons as like a sight gag or something. Didn't they do a, a family guy gag where they just shoot the hell out of Murphy? I feel like that's a, a cutaway. I, 
I think so. I've, I only cared about the first three or four seasons of Family yeah, Guy it, after it would, that. It I... would have been then. Like, it would have been okay. in those seasons, but I feel like that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. He, okay, so nothing in particular. No, I mean, he pops up. So the Oscars were two weeks ago. Okay. And yeah. uh, every year, Paul Rubens, who runs the Pee Wee Herman Facebook page, okay. shares a clip from the Oscars the year RoboCop came out. Okay. And yes. It's, it's him on stage, and the the Ed robot comes out and starts threatening to shoot Pee Wee. <laughs> so then Pee Wee starts flying over the audience, and RoboCop comes out and shoots the thing from the audience. And it's just Pee Wee. <laughs> Thanks, RoboCop. And like he flies back down. It's like in the Academy Award. Like he just starts giving away the award. Like it's a bizarre <laughs> clip. <laughs> Why does this kind of stuff not happen anymore? Uh because. I, I I don't know because that sounds amazing. It, it, MTV Music and Movie Awards used to be like that, and then they started to tone stuff down. And I don't know why. Like they need to start doing stuff like that again. Like that's like it needs to be an entertainment thing. The, not... the, the last time last time I remember them doing anything like that was in two thousand and ten. It was Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin hosting, and they had the little tree things from avatar start flying around like yeah look steve oh. it's the the tree spirits from avatar and then like steve martin just takes out a thing of bug spray and kills them all that's fun they need they definitely need to go back to doing more stuff like that yeah yeah but i devin it was the the robot movements that yeah. kind of killed it for you uh so in some ways so i i don't know what i expected but i didn't expect this, and this was also part of it. it I, sorry, this is going to sound really dumb, and I, I'm sure nobody else knows this or like feels this way, but I got on board with the concept of the robot, the robot cop. I'm like, all right, I know a robot cop's happening in this movie. There he is. I guess he's just going to show up and hop in a car and drive away. I didn't like they just gave him a normal cop car. Like I thought this like super advanced robot driving a normal shitty police car was just like the weirdest thing in the world and my brain could not handle it. I, I understand that's not a criticism and I understand there's nothing you can say to respond to that. No, but I was like, give him a robot a car or something. That. No, it, it is weird. Like I, I agree with that. Um, I feel like in the remake that they gave, they gave him a motorcycle or something stupid. Yeah, it, it was a motorcycle. Really? I, wanna, I wanna don't want to see the remake. remake. Yeah. I yeah. don't really... Oh, actually, no, because he doesn't like the original. He actually might like the remake more. Well, hold on. So I know people don't like the remake. And why don't they like the remake? Because it's PG-13. It it loses oh. a lot of the... I think it tries to do some of the satire, but it loses the point, I think. Like the bite? Yeah. Of yeah. The satire? Yeah. I mean, for a movie with Gary Oldman and Michael Keaton, it's okay, but it's not RoboCop. Yeah, yeah it's that's like a what very... It's like, okay, so the first RoboCop, uh, for this analogy between the original RoboCop and the and the remake, the original RoboCop is like walking into a junkyard in the middle of the night and having like a ravenous like pit bull start chasing you through and like takes a bite out of you and it like it rips your, uh, and it like rips your calf out. Like, <laughs> that's RoboCop 1. RoboCop 2 is going into that same junkyard, seeing that same pit bull and have him chase after you. But then when he bites you, it's not a bite. He starts licking your leg and wants to be your friend. Oh, 
Like that's like that's seriously the difference between RoboCop one and RoboCop two. So so okay yeah. Like um, when it comes to I mean I, when it comes to being hard hitting, like it misses the yeah. point completely. Yeah, and I think part of it has to do with the PG thirteen rating. Yeah. Um. So I have a story about the RoboCop reboot. What? Oh, tell me. I've only ever been in Detroit once, and it was when that movie was coming out. Mm-hmm. I was in the air. I was only in the airport, but it was the day they unveiled the RoboCop statue in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, oh, wow. Detroit has a RoboCop statue. Like Philly has a Rocky statue. Yeah, it was that day, and it was also when they were filming Batman v Superman. It's like I kind of wanted to just stay off, uh, like leave the airport and just go do stuff in Detroit and not go to this Walmart thing. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. But I was like, okay, so Peter Weller is here and they're doing a robot RoboCop thing. I, I, I kind of just wanted to run away and go do that. Yeah. But I didn't. That would have been really cool. So, oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that is story. a big oh, RoboCop okay. statue. Oh, did you, did you look it up? I looked it up. Yeah. It's, it's bigger than I thought it'd be. How, how much would you pay for it? Would you, would, would you buy it for a dollar? <laughs> oh, I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I, you know what? I did enjoy that clip. You know, Dang it. Okay, so the more I talk about it, everything I liked about this movie was the world building and the satire and everything you guys are bringing up. Everything I hated about the movie was just RoboCop. Like, if you take RoboCop out of that movie, I really like this movie. But see, the thing is, to me, like, the camp in it and, like, the storyline, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like they both go hand in hand because you don't get RoboCop without that kind of a society. Yeah. And I think the problem is that it's the it's the late 80s and every era of like sci-fi where they try to do like a a, a uh, sarcastic view of society they get tied down by the style of that time. So like you had like on the street for example um they advertised that sports car that they pitched to the ex-mayor that's going nuts. Yeah. And then they and then they do the commercial and then they actually show the villains pull up because, you know, the police are on strike. So they, you know, they get the car. The problem is you've got that super futuristic car and then you've got that like bread delivery van that they're always riding in. And then you've got like the 1978 Ford pickup truck across the street. So like there's no real like you uniformity to what the future is, unlike mm-hmm. how in Demolition Man everything's futuristic and then you've got movies like this where it's like well this is kind of futuristic this is halfway futuristic and then you've got this weird you know super sci-fi thing walking around the city trying to protect like the innocent so i kind of get that i can see where you might have problems with that but that's the 80s like that (laughs) so yeah does does robocop need the three seashells Oh, no. (laughs) The root and mare, the way that I see it, the baby food that he eats, I'm going to assume because it, because he only needs it to keep like his skin and, uh, and what part of his brain that's in that like metal bucket that's in there, like active in his eyes. I'm going to say that it probably just gets burned out. uh, It probably gets burned off in a uh, exhaust port somewhere. I I will say one thing about the reboot. There is a, I watched a clip of it when I was pulling stuff for the podcast. Uh, there's a cool shot at the end of the film where it's, you see him uh, suspended. It's just his head and his lungs. That's all that's left of him. 
Oh, weird. Yeah, it, it, it's bizarre. And then like the Robo, like the old RoboCop suit comes up around him, so he has like the retro look. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget where I was going to go with this. I might, I might end up seeing this movie. You're kind of, you're kind of selling me on it, yeah. like. <sighs> But I'm, I mean, I if I go into it understanding that it's not going to be the brilliant piece of satire that the original one was. I definitely would watch or... RoboCop 2 first. Yeah. Okay. Because I said last night after I finished RoboCop, like, it took all that I had not to watch RoboCop 2. Because I would have just started talking about things that happened in RoboCop 2. Because I love that movie so much more than I love the first one. I like the the one news story they do at the opening of the second one. I like more than any of the ones they did in the first one. Okay. For the satire thing. So two kind of follows the same format then where they like cut to news clips and the world building and stuff. Yeah, a little bit. It's a lot less Superman the movie than this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. Like, to, like if you follow the beats of this movie, it's Superman the movie because you even have the whole montage of him going off and saving cats pretty much. Only instead of saving a cat from a tree, he shoots a guy in the dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was which was great. Like, like I love how the victim, she's like being all clingy to him because, I mean, he saved her. Like, and she's, you know, and, you know, being, you know, she's traumatized and she's, you know, happy that, that he saved her. And he just looks at her and goes, I will call you a rape, <laughs> yeah. a rape, like, crisis manager for you. And she's just staring like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> so, he yeah. said it's so, like, monotone. <laughs> this is going to be my, uh, my uh, super cut for this episode. It's going to be... The, that Robocop scene with him like going around stopping all the crime, but with the music from Superman the movie when he goes around and stops all the crime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Um, so I do have an, I did take a few notes and then I just got sucked into the movie. Um, so that first bust that he does at the convenience store, yeah, he definitely mm-hmm. causes way more damage to that store than they, they would have been robbed for. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, True, but what I like most about that scene is that he throws the guy into the cooler, like into the one side of the two cooler door unit, and he tells them, like, you know, have a good night, and like he turns to walk away, like he was just gonna leave the guy there in the door, and, and they cut scene. So it's like, did he, did he leave the guy there? Did he take him back to the station to book him? What happened to that guy? Right, I was like, what totally police work gonna... did he just do? Yeah, yeah, like he, he just. Walked in and walked out. <laughs> so, Ryan, what is your favorite one-liner in this movie? Oh, it's... um, That's tough. That is really tough. Devin, do you have one? I'm trying to think of the one-liners. Um, what, do you have one? Do you have a good... Yeah, I do. Mine is uh, your move, creep. Like, right after he shoots him in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> Well, mine's not <laughs> RoboCops. My favorite line doesn't come from RoboCop. Okay. It comes from the president of the, the corporation. It's right after the guy gets shot and he looks up at Dick and goes, I am so disappointed. <laughs> like after the guy's just yeah. being blown apart in the room, he's laying on the model of their like city. And he's just, I'm so disappointed. Like he's like his head's down. Everybody else is up and screaming and he's just slowly putting his face in his hand. <laughs> Didn't they, 
and I think I found it, but I think I don't know. If, I don't know if I remember it right. Didn't they do some sort of hand pun after they shot his hand off? Like give him a hand or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's classic, like dumb Bond villain, like one liner. Like that's so that's perfect. My favorite, uh, like line or quote from that guy, uh, mm-hmm. the 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 dad from that '70s show. Yeah. Um, my favorite line from him <laughs> is when he's talking to the uh, uh, to the coke drug dealer at the factory, and they're trying to like, uh, and they're negotiating, and he claps his hands together and he goes, and the Tigers are playing tonight, and I never miss a game. <laughs> And he's trying to make the point that, like, he needs to get out of there. But I just love the way, like, it's the theatrics that he puts into that line. Like, everybody has their guns drawn, and he just claps and goes, and I never miss a game. And he, like, wiggles his shoulders, and he's just, like, so, like, there in that scene. And I love it. (laughs) I really like his performance in this whole movie, though. I think he's brilliant in this. Like, he has this, like, very calm kind of swagger about him that I thought was really, really good for what this movie was. And it's because he knows he can't be touched. Like, yeah. he knows that he can't be touched because he's working for Dick. And he's, I, he goes into jail. He gets out in 24 hours. It doesn't matter how many cops he kills. They're not going to put him in jail. Yeah. And I feel like that's part of it. I, I just, it's weird that they don't show his family at all, but I get it because they're busy hanging out down the street. <clears throat> Hmm? Never mind. Oh no, Alan. Oh. <laughs> oh, it took me a second, but wow. Oh. Um, one, of, one of my favorite moments in this, and it's like a blink and you miss it thing, is like the very end of the movie where he fires Dick. Oh, yeah. And he's like, thank you. And then he just shoots him through the window. <laughs> yeah. It's because it's because that directive yeah. for, oh, that's something I need to bring up. Because this is the one thing that's always bothered me about this movie. Yeah. Uh, f- from when I was a kid, I always thought this was stupid until recently. And I've just embraced it. And I find and I laugh every time that happens when he gets shot out the window and they do the and they do the camera angle where they show him falling and his hands are up and he's like on a cross. If you look, his arms from the elbows to his hands are twice as long as they should be. I don't know if it was a mistake in creation, if it was a blue screen thing, but if you look at him falling in that scene, his arms are about as long as his body (laughs) and they're out. (laughs) That's always a weird shot. I think the best use of that, that shot is diehard because they actually just had Alan Rickman fall. Yeah, but like it looks weird in RoboCop. It also looks weird in Batman when Joker dies. Yeah, it's just like a balloon tied to a brick, and like you just see the like the Joker's face is just a balloon with like fla- flailing arms on the side. Like it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. But this, uh, I would have rather them done that. So I'm not sure if you guys need to go back and just watch the one clip. But it is the weirdest looking thing because it's almost like a Jack Skeleton, like, like body proportions yeah to where like you know it's like normal forearm is like maybe what like a i'm not gonna say because i don't want to sound like an idiot but you know if you look at your forearm (laughs) how big it is but in that scene like his forearm goes to be normal size to like the length of his actual arm is just the forearm and his hand yeah i just looked it up ryan it's so bad it is really really bad and it is hysterical send it to me so i can uh, look at it after the show yeah it is, I mean, it's bad, but to me it adds to, like, the corniness of it, because I don't, 
I don't know if that was like the last thing that they did for the movie and they were running out of money or what, but it, it, it it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> oh man. That's now my new favorite part of this movie. I'm glad <laughs> you picked that out. So hold on. How is it not any of your least favorite part when he first fights the Ed thing and he, the Ed thing's foiled by stairs. <laughs> well, guys, because come on. why not? Because why not? Well, because I mean, the I, thing is, the guy talks about how they're how it's made to be in the street, right? And granted, yeah. there's stairs out in the street, but if you have a bunch of those roaming the city, do they really ever need to use stairs? I mean, they're not designed for that. Would you expect a motorcycle to use stairs correctly or a tank? I mean, that's basically what the thing is. It's a tank. I mean, it, it's the equivalent of pushing the Ninja Turtles over on their back. Like, they're going to have some trouble getting up if they're by themselves. I think my point was, why design something with humanoid legs if you're not going to make it do everything humanoid legs can do? If you're going to make something specifically that doesn't go upstairs, give it wheels. It's It'll be faster. Give it Johnny number five wheels. Guys, I... I know this is a me thing, and it's okay. I overthought a lot of this movie a lot of the oh, time. Oh, we can tell. I, need to... I think you overthought <laughs> the wrong parts. I think that's what it is. Which, what you, exactly what you did is you took all that satire stuff that you really liked in like the world building, and you just took yeah. that at face value and just had fun with it. But then yeah. you got to the stuff that you were supposed to take at face value and just have fun with, and you dove into that. Instead of, <laughs> you dove into the shallow end of the pool. You did a swan dive in, into the shallow end, and and you did a cannonball into the deep end, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, though. I think I really did. Because like, 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 the, the parts of the movie I liked, I was like, yep, that's a thing. I liked it and didn't think about it, but the parts I shouldn't have, I really like. I was like, what are the moral and ethical implications of having a RoboCop on the street? Like, really, like, thought about that stuff. You're not supposed to. Like, that's the part of the movie that you're just supposed to just take at face value and have fun with. The really deep stuff is the world building and the and the news coverage and the corporation stuff. And, and the fact that you don't really have a city government. You have this corporation running everything. I mean, you're right. And, and the more you talk about that, the more I do appreciate what the movie was doing there. Like... That part of it, I think I really like. And, like, I remember thinking while I watched the movie, just give me more world building. Give me more of that. I, I just learned something about RoboCop that I'm looking up. Quick. <laughs> what you learn? I, I need to know. I will share once I have more. Okay. So, Devin. <laughs> yeah. You, you said the whole thing about him, like, his vehicle. Like, you didn't like the fact that he just stepped into a car. Mm -hmm. Like, a normal cop car and just, like, drove off. Yeah. Okay, my thing and why uh -huh. I like that, like that's never bothered me mm -hmm. because one of the things even as a kid that I really hated was the fact that they would make toys and like action figures and they would yeah and would have these really cool vehicles as a toy, but it would never uh -huh. be in the TV show or movie. And that yep, always exactly irritated me. About. But the toy, yep. the actual cop car that you could actually get that was sized for the... RoboCop action figure was the normal cop car. Oh, so that cool, made then. me so happy as a kid that I never really thought about it growing up because I had that satisfaction or I didn't have that disappointment of like having this really cool futuristic looking eighties, like sports car for, you know, RoboCop. And it was actually just a normal, like Detroit cop car from, from, right, from the film, a normal one. But 
the uh, as but looking at it as an adult, the reason why yeah. I like it and it doesn't bother me is with a with like a science fiction movie like this, with you know like an action film and eighties and everything. I like the mixture of kind of old technology, you know, mm-hmm. mixed with brand new or futuristic. And so that's why, to me, it was that balance of you've got this thing that is so futuristic in in this world that you can tell that this is like the first of its kind. So like cop cars are always uh, like, except for recently, uh, cop mm-hmm. uh, cop cars have always been like a style or two behind what like civilians are driving. So yeah. like, up until recently, um, like there were still a lot of places that were still using Crown Vicks for yeah. the cop cars and now and now just recently a lot of rural places are starting to get into like the chargers and now there's a lot of like more urban like the more like wealthy neighborhoods and cities are getting like the new fords as their cop cars mm-hmm. so cop cars are always usually a few models a few years behind if not 10 years behind what like the normal mm-hmm. civilian is driving so having especially with how especially with how they're talking about how resources for the police are so mm-hmm. like tight at that moment because people are complaining about how like you know the, uh it was a, like start praying if you need backup and if you need to get somebody out because they get you know hurt you're gonna be waiting even longer because they're talking yeah. about striking the fact that he has to drive like a normal cop car doesn't surprise me because they're already complaining about how their budget's tied to like nothing. I mean, you're right. And logically the, the cop car makes a lot of sense. I just like, I, I think I expected him to be like flying around the city or something like that. Like, I don't think in my mind when I pictured what RoboCop was doing, I didn't picture him to like, literally, I'm going to get behind the wheel of this old Crown Vic and literally drive like a human. I was like, he's going to be like jetting around or have a jet pack or a hover bike. That happens like, in and I just did... RoboCop 3. That happens in... <laughs> well, I'm watching RoboCop 3 then. No, Part of the fever... No. Don't, don't. Part of the fever dream is that he gets a rocket pack. He turns into the Rocketeer. <laughs> oh, jeez. Because it's the 90s. Mm-hmm. The thing with RoboCop 3 is it's not Peter Weller. Yeah. And oh, there are, what? Like, two made-for-TV movies after that. There's two like, made-for-TV that were, like, made way later. Yeah. And that, that, no. <laughs> like, Can yeah. we just take a second, though, to appreciate Peter Weller's mouth acting? Because, like, when he has the RoboCop helmet on, he makes just his mouth emote in a really funny way. Yeah. Like, he does a good job. My favorite... Okay, if we're going to talk about that, my favorite of him emoting from like his jaw area is when he's like, he has that like rage moment when he's done walking through his old home right before he punches the screen where like his mouth, Devin, that was good close, but that's not really exactly what he does. Like it's like he flattens the one side of his face and he makes his lips the size of like a dime but you can tell it's a scowl and you can tell that like he's trying to like move whatever muscles he has left in his face to like get angry yeah. and then he just slams the screen in. it's just really good performance okay that so was the exact th- scene i was thinking about yeah so a few things i just saw the clip that you sent me with the guy falling out like the fact that that's just the the, the picture on that clip holy hell his arms are bad <laughs> uh, yeah so what I, what I found that 
I was quiet for so long was they filmed part of this in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I'm not surprised. And what? I was trying to figure out where. And I can't find anything on it. But they did film part of this in Pittsburgh. Like the whole factory oh. steel mill thing is in Pittsburgh where he yeah. dies and where they uh, create the mutant. so i was trying i was trying to figure out where in harrisburg because i'm curious but it's probably just like some what scenes did it mention it did that's what i was trying to figure out it didn't say but a lot of it was dallas i i spent i mean it's the 80s dallas makes sense because because was it the way that um at uh with the way that atlanta is right now for for, for, for the film industry that's how dallas was in like the mid to late 80s when okay. it came to the film industry, but I wonder what part of Harry, because I mean, yeah, because I mean, I'm in Harrisburg a lot. I mean, there's a lot of uh, yeah. YouTube videos that talk about filming locations, so I just wasn't watching those while we were doing this. Well, so yeah, maybe yeah, one yeah, of those will have the details, but yeah. Um, okay, so I have one last thing before we wrap this up. Yeah, that I only learned about getting ready for the show. Okay, so you guys know we opened the show with like the classic trailer for whatever movie we're watching. Hopefully, it has voiceover. So I pulled, the, <laughs> I pulled the trailer for this, and I noticed something. The music in the trailer for RoboCop is the theme from Terminator. The da-da-dun-da-dun, da-dun-dun-da-dun. Like, it's just the score from Terminator. Did you find wow. out anything else besides that? I know is... it's the same production company. Do you and know... I, I, I know about the video games. Do you know why the video games exist? Why? Or why? Partly why? Devin I don't know anything know about this. About. Yeah. Okay. Technically, and this is taken from interview clippings from like writers and directors and the company that owns both of these um, uh, properties. Technically, one could argue that the RoboCop Detroit universe is the same timeline as the Terminator universe. I don't think the timeline works out. I don't know. I'm curious. It's a, it's supposed to be around inside the same thing because here's the thing. They stop doomsday from happening when it's supposed to happen. They stop it twice. So if you go by the theories that are out there, that this is Detroit past the point of when doomsday was supposed to happen. This is what the United States has turned into so after, without that happening. So after Judgment Day, this is what Detroit turns into? No, 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 no. Doomsday doesn't happen. I'm talking about Terminator Judgment Day. T2 when they, Judgment yeah. Day. Yeah, this is after... Okay. Yeah. This, so forget there's, this any, other, forget there's any other sequels. Like if Terminator yeah. 2 was the end of that story, yeah. this would be... This picks up. Weird. I also don't know how T2 ends because I've never seen it, but weird. Really? Yeah, I haven't seen that God, one either. Oh, I saw it. the first one. Devin, every time I try to get Ryan not to make you watch a sci-fi movie, <laughs> we still got to get you on these rom-coms. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, we do got to get me in the rom-coms. You've though. never seen Terminator 2? No, no, no. no I've seen on. one and three. This. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about this. We've talked about this already because we talked about this because he mentioned this and then he said that he'd seen one and I, I was, said okay that's fine okay. because normally people don't see one. Okay, we we talked about this. That's fine. I'm so disappointed that I forgot about it. <laughs> I repressed it from my memory. Yeah, I same here. Um, and then I just remembered that uh, he said that he saw the first one. How could you see? What, what Devin? How does this happen to you? 
<laughs> How do these things happen to you? So I heard Terminator 2 is a good movie because my friend really likes Terminator 2. So I went, okay, well, I'm not going to jump into the sequel. I'm going to start with the first one. So I watched good. the first one and went, it's okay. I don't really care to see the second one. And then many years later, HBO was playing three. And I'm like, oh, that thing I watched the first one of, I probably didn't miss anything between one and three. And watch that one. No, 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 no. I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta stop you right there. Why do you think these things? Why do you know, think? Ryan. Why do you think that? Oh, I didn't miss anything from this whole hour plus long movie, and watch the second one. You must have been confused as hell. Well, if you listen to like my logic there, I watched the first one because I didn't want to miss anything. And then just became apathetic after I made that rule for myself and it, went against it anyway. It, it could be a lot worse. He could have gone from. He could have just seen Genesis. Like he could have just seen Terminator Genesis, and that's it. I've never seen that one though. You're better off. It's the Christian Bale one, right? When when no, it's all the, the no, features. This, this, is the, this is the Amelia Clark. Um, oh, was it that bad? It it was it was fun. It was just. It was marketed horribly. Oh, sure. Um, but no, we'll, we'll definitely have to do Terminator 2 the next time James Cameron has a sequel coming out. The Avatar Chris- 2. The Christian Ooh. Bale one, I would only recommend for you to watch after you see the second one and just understand okay. that, like... The reason why that I like the Christian Bale one so much, it's because that's the Terminator Mm. movie that I wanted. Like, I wanted to see the future. I wanted to see that war between man and machine. And that's what it is. And that's why I like it. Genesis tries to do that, but they do a horrible job at it. Yeah. Genesis was made at the time where everyone's like, okay, we're going to make a franchise out of this because Marvel could do it. We're going to do it, too. So we're going to set up five sequels in this one, and then you're not going to get any payoff because we're only making this one because Amelia Clark's got to go be in Star Wars and finish Game of Thrones horribly. Not that she was horrible. (laughs) It's just that show ended horribly. Yeah, Uh, I agree. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... Yeah. Devin. So anyway, uh, there are RoboCop versus Terminator video games that came out for the what? NES. For the well, it wasn't. I know just I had it. For I had the, it for NES. It just wasn't for Super Nintendo. You could also get it for Genesis, and there were uh, and there were arcade games of it. And I believe I have the NES one, and I completely forget how to play it because you start off behind a brick wall, and there's one of the Eds walking back and forth, and I can't remember how to get over the brick wall. I feel like E.T. getting stuck in the ditch and not being able to get out. <laughs> wow. It's bad. But I mean, no, no, no. But, but from what I remember, that's a good video game. It really is a good video game. RoboCop versus uh, uh, the Terminator. It yeah. is an actual. So game who's game. who's the good guy? Do you play as the Terminator or do you play as the as the RoboCop? You, you go play, back and forth. Or do you play as both? Plays, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I like you that. Start, you start off as RoboCop. Mm-hmm. I know that. In level one, you start off as RoboCop. That's fun. Okay. So I'm trying... From a certain point of view, I guess I can buy the whole they're in the same universe thing. Just as much as I'll buy the whole Blade Runner and Alien take place in the same universe thing. That's a theory? It's not a theory. It's a thing. What? Um, Because they're they're both Ridley Scott movies. Mm -hmm. The Wayland Corporation is in Blade Runner. Oh, no way. 
Yeah. So it is in the same universe. It is the same, as far it, as I'm concerned, it is. Yeah, now. it's in the same universe. Like they're both Fox movies. It's a, it's the same universe. Weird. They just yeah. So like while Blade Blade Runner twenty forty nine is happening, like the aliens are out there somewhere. I should watch any of the alien movies then, because I really like the Blade Runner ones. Hang on. Oh boy. Can you just say that statement again? Oh boy. I need to watch any of the uh, alien well, movies. Devin, <laughs> Devin, I'm going to strangle okay. you. So this, this is what we're going to do. We're going to start with Alien versus Predator and then Alien versus Pre- Predator Requiem. <laughs> no, wait. Wait, I'm I have going seen to Alien shoot versus you Predator. In the face. I have seen. <laughs> yeah, I saw wait. Alien versus Predator. <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. So you've seen the one where they go to the, like, pyramid thing under the ice. In the whole, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And that's, like, the punchline of the movie. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's fine. Just got to remember to take what it is. It's just a fun movie. It's just a fun yeah, it was fan. Fun. It's, just, it's fan service. That's all it is. Yeah. <sighs> got to breathe. Okay. Yeah. Devin, have you seen Prometheus? <laughs> Oh no, I have seen Prometheus. You're right. Okay. Have yeah. Have you seen Alien Covenant? What's that one? No. It's the no? second one to Prometheus. Oh, then no, definitely not. Okay. If you want to do Alien Covenant, I'm sitting out because I fucking hated that movie. Why did you hate that <laughs> no. movie? I'm I'm not no. If we do the Alien uh, movies we, for the podcast, I... we're doing Alien, Aliens and Alien 3 eventually. I, we, we What's the one with aliens? Winona Ryder? <laughs> You're saying all the wrong that things, one. and it's fantastic. That's Alien Resurrection. <laughs> that's Alien Four. Oh, then that's what we're watching. <laughs> Just the, that one. That's the horrible one done by uh, Joss Whedon. Well, Alien Four has its own like. No, I, I honestly, I, I, I like Alien Four. I really, yeah, I, I honestly do. You understand, Devin? I am a huge like. I love the Alien series. I love Alien, yeah. I love Alien 2, I like Alien 3, I like 4, I like Alien vs. Predator, I like the horrible second one that was part of it, I love all the Predator movies, like, I love that whole, like, that that whole house, the house of Alien yeah. and Predator, like, I love that whole thing, I wish there was a theme park, like, Disneyland, of just Alien vs. Predator, <laughs> well, I really do. I mean, Alien's owned by Disney now, so give it time. <gasps> oh, I wish. It, that I would wish. be cool. I really, I really want them they to finish add, off that they series. They just add face huggers to the. It's a small world. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> that'd be, be amazing. The further down the road you get, the more of them are you know like the, 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 they have the face huggers on, and then at some point one of the characters falls over, and the alien bursts out of their chest, and then runs <laughs> around, and they shoot the air darts and like the boat, so people freak out thinking there's little aliens on board. I love the, that. The eggs just start showing cool. up at Galaxy's Edge. Yes. <laughs> Devin, have you gone to Galaxy's Edge since I sent you that message about Kylo Which Ryan? message? So oh. I, I had the realization, I'll say it on the podcast just so everyone knows. Yeah. I want to know what happens if you go to, to Galaxy's Edge and yell at Kylo Ren, Ben! <laughs> yeah, I haven't gone and I want to do that now so bad. Okay, do it, record it, and then let us know how it goes. Because I really want to know what they do. Because they've got to do something. I wonder. Yeah. They will. Even if they he just turns to. and stares at you. Yeah, they, they have to interact with it somehow. Yeah. Um, they do. But yeah, so, I mean, it, it, you've got... Um, but yeah, anyway, RoboCop. RoboCop. Yes. So, Robocop. Devin, what I think you need to do... 
if you ever get the time, which I know you probably won't because I know who you are, mm-hmm. I really think that <laughs> what you did was that you took at face value and had fun with the world building, which you just kind of took because you like mm-hmm. that stuff and you didn't really think about it like you said. And then you yeah. took the RoboCop stuff, the stuff that you're supposed to take at face value and have fun with, and you thought too much about that. You're very you right. Th- you're very do right. You, do, do you think knowing that you'd be able to rewatch it and flip that mentality, or do you think you'll just still nitpick it to death? I think knowing that, I really want to watch number two. And then if I okay. if I know that and focus on that part of it and like number two, I will definitely go back to one. Okay. But I do no. want to see two. Yeah, two, I think that's what I would do. Yeah, two is yeah. really good. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked because I didn't know there were sequels. I was actually, like, I wrote that one down as a question to ask today. Are there sequels? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Three's a fever dream. <laughs> like, don't. <laughs> it makes me want to watch it. I think once you recast your main character, there's not really much hope left for a sequel. Besides, I mean, RoboCop has a specific movement. Even once he gets more fluid with it, like, he still has that basic robotic movement. Yeah. And, yeah. like, that's that's that actor. I'm trying to think, is there a movie yeah. series that has recast the main character, kept the character the same, and it kept going? Uh, they recasted strong? the wife in the Mummy movies. Um, okay, yeah. They recasted... Uh, What's her name? Kate Holmes in the Dark Knight trilogy. Okay, I mean those are both supporting characters, though. Speed, like, yeah, like speed, the main speed character. Too. That's not that's not recasting. That's a new character, though. Oh, I've only seen Speed Two once, so speed, I just yeah. It's not like Jason Patrick is not supposed to be Keanu Reeves. She just has a thing for Wait. cops, I guess. Yeah, that makes me hate that no, movie how- even more. What about when they recast Jodie Foster in one of the sequels to Hannibal? Oh. Or the one sequel to Silence of the Lambs? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that works. Did, did that one work? Oh, as, okay. far, as far as I'm concerned, I like Hannibal more than Red Dragon. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, yeah. Um, I guess James Bond, but that doesn't really count, does it? That's no. more of changing for the... That's, that, that, that's more changing for the generation thing. Does does it work better when you have the mask like Batman? I think, I think there so. has to be an understanding to it because and there's got to be build up to it too. Yeah. Because like you had the Adam West Batman for so long and then they came out with like the Michael Keaton Batman and then they did th- uh two movies with him. Mhm. Yeah, two movies with him. And then they made this big thing of recasting a different actor, but they were like open about it. And they advertised the fact that they were casting different actors. And I feel like that set the tone for over people to be like, okay, this is fine. It's just like how they did mm-hmm. with James Bond. Yeah. Like they, you know, it's like they made it a big thing. Who's the next James Bond? And everybody's asking, you know, who's the next James Bond? Where it got weird mm-hmm. with Batman was they recast it a, a second time and they put Mr. Freeze in the at, in the first title slot. Like it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, George Clooney. Like oh, George wow. Clooney doesn't even have top billing in a movie called Batman and Robin where he plays Batman. Like, <laughs> well, because uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, all right. So tune in next week when we talk about Batman and Robin. <laughs> oh, I wish we could. Oh my gosh. Have you seen it? Oh yeah. Okay. Like, gonna, all gonna, the time. I was about yeah. to have another heart attack. I was about to have... <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got a stack of stuff that I bought for the podcast that we need to go through. 
So oh, cool. please tell me you've seen at least the the original Michael Keaton Batman movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've seen Thank everything God. everything there... Batman except the animated stuff. Okay. Ooh. I haven't seen Mask of the Phantasm, and I heard that's a really have, good one I need to watch. I haven't seen that one either. Well, it's not my turn next week. Devin, what are you going to make us watch next week? Oh, you're watching Marriage Story. You're both watching it. Marriage There's a Story? lot I want to talk about with it. Marriage yeah. Story? It's on Netflix. Yeah, it okay. was, it's on Netflix. It was nominated, and one of them won for an Oscar. They won an Oscar for it. Laura, Laura Dern, Dern right? Yeah, Laura Dern won yeah. an Oscar for Okay. Okay. All right, so... I guess that'll be our Valentine's episode. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Since we kind of it'll be timed perfectly. Point. I know, but yeah. We, I mean, we'll, I think we'll be into March by that point. So, yeah. I guess March might March might be our Oscar month then, because I know what I'm. I think I know what I want to make you guys watch. <gasps> what is it? We already talked about it. Good. I can't I, wait. I know what it is. Yeah. All right. Uh... Yeah, so I guess that'll be our theme for March. <laughs> Yay! So, all right. We so did it. T- tune in next week where Devin makes us watch Marriage Story. For yes. You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>